What's going on guys? Welcome to MRO Show. Today we have Bandon Tricamo. Uh, he is the owner of Senkai Creatives um, here in Lebanon, PA. And today uh, we're going to be speaking about philosophy um, and, you know, how that applies to our lives and how we can use philosophy to, you know, create a better life for ourselves. So that being said, Bandon, thank you for being thank on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. You have been in the podcast before, but we should, I think, refresh people because we have more listeners now. So. Um, uh yeah so i'm uh i'm just a guy who uh runs around lebanon <laughs> <laughs> um i'm kind of like uh got my hands in all kind of stuff i do art i do my own oil painting like you said i own uh, zencat creatives with uh, my partner tanya mm -hmm. and we do paint parties murals and all manner of other community uh and private party type events related to art Mm -hmm. I also do martial arts and I do a lot of private training and fitness and martial arts. I run a class twice a week at Stover's Dam for mm. fitness. And I also do a Qigong class there. And I dabble a little bit playing guitar and I probably do <laughs> way too much with my life. And <laughs> 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 But yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, today we're going to be speaking about philosophy. And um, this happened because I posted something on Facebook Um It's, it's the stoic philosophy. I think that's how you say it uh, in English. I don't know. Yep, stoic. Stoicism. Um, yeah, so so can you tell me a little bit about that? And then we are going to also talk about other types of or different views on philosophy. Um, so tell me. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, when I seen that you were sharing stuff on stoicism, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I always, I always, because I've been reading and, and kind of mm -hmm. involved in it for a while, and it's like, it's always like, Yes, another person who <laughs> yeah. kind of discovered this thing. Yeah. Um, so that's what uh, I'm glad this kind of came to fruition where you're like, yeah, let's do a podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I guess my personal um, experience with stoicism, I kind of introduced to it maybe three, four years ago. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and what was so appealing about it is that I've also been you know being involved in martial arts i've mm -hmm. i've been involved in taoism mm -hmm. and a little bit with buddhism kind of thought even mm -hmm. even if you don't want to if you're really into martial arts you can't help but find that in a oh, lot yeah. of the literature and the more you look at the history of a lot of the practice um you discover that so taoism is very very similar to stoicism and when i found stoicism it was like well this is so weird it's like this whole <laughs> western yeah. kind of philosophy that's very almost alike to uh, an eastern philosophy like Taoism. yeah and you know i really hope to do the listeners uh justice with this because i want to i want to <laughs> put out there i am certainly not a philosophy professor no, yeah, yeah. i'm not an <laughs> expert but i really would like to share just kind of what it's done for me mm -hmm. and on the value of how I can share my mm. experience, my own scientific experimentation with these concepts and how it has changed me. And hopefully that um, the listeners find credibility in that. I may not yeah. have a philosophy diploma, but yeah. <laughs> I do know quite a bit about philosophy. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, and, I, and that's why like, I'm glad you decided to, or you were willing to even, you know, say, Hey, let's make this happen because it's not a topic that, people talk about a lot you know especially yeah. mainstream it's not like a mainstream ideology um i i found 
I, I've known about Stoicism for a while now, um, maybe like two years. Uh, and I've always like have an inch. I've I've always have had an interest in philosophy, mainly because of how it helps us have different perspectives on how to view issues, you know, and also have the ability to have an open mind um, and just see things from a different um, point of view. So, so that being said, you know, if you could define stoic, uh, the stoic ideology, how would you define it? Okay, so and Taoism as well. Um, Stoicism, and to define it, I would say Stoicism is really about self-awareness. It um, has a lot of things that deal about being sort of a a guardian of your own thoughts. Mm. And a lot of things um, that you find in the Stoic teachers and philosophers revolves around that concept. And Mm. I think like you mentioned how philosophy in essence sort of helps people see the world around them. Um, a lot of that has been lost. Like people with the world today, could do so much with philosophy. Uh, we forget that, you know, it's really about applying logic. Philosophy is literally applying logic. And if you're, um, in any kind of philosophy, class or, mm-hmm. or a serious study of it what they do is you learn how to argue mm-hmm. you learn how to make a logical argument that actually makes sense mm-hmm. not an argument that says the sky is blue my shirt is blue <laughs> therefore my shirt must be the sky like, <laughs> th- and unfortunately today that's the type of argument everybody's trying to make is yeah. two things that are not related if you really applied your logic to it, mm-hmm. but people think that, oh, those two things are, you know, they, they apply logic based on what they want us to see. Yeah. And one of the things about stoicism is it's a very gritty, it's a very hardcore kind of smack you upside the face a little bit mm-hmm. to get to, to be real. Mm-hmm. It's a very honest philosophy. In fact, some of the, the concepts are, you know, one of the things that, that the philosophers say is, you know, you might die tomorrow. Marcus Aurelius uh, would, you know, he had a practice where it's like every day I wake up, I, I pretend that I might die today. Mm. Or when I put my children to bed, Mm -hmm. I I think the possibility they may not wake up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's really about keeping things real. Mm -hmm. It's like not, if you have that mentality, it's not meant to be, you know, in our society. Yeah. yeah, We think, Oh, well that is so cost callous. No, it's about, Hey, um, this existence that we're in is something to cherish. Mm -hmm. It's something to fully embrace Mm -hmm. and experience. And all the stuff that we think is worth our stressing really isn't. Mm -hmm. And that's where that thought kind of guardian thing comes in. It's, Whatever you think is stressing you out, whatever you think is really a hard thing in life, yeah, it probably really is. <laughs> yeah, because if you were doing death's bed, <laughs> that would be a big deal. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> not the fact that uh, you know someone argued with you about something stupid. Yeah, you know that's irrelevant. Like the more energy you put into worrying about that type of thing, the more you're taking away your experience of life. Yeah, I, I, it's, there's a phrase that I read 
that, that goes along with that is uh, that practice. It's memento mori, which is um, the practice of, you know, put like putting yourself in a situation when you like visualize yourself being dead, you know, and, and, the, and the realization that you are simply a human being that today, again, it could be your last day. And so if today were, was going to be your last day, how are you going to approach life? And the reality is that everybody, I think... Everybody can come to the conclusion or statement or agreement that, you know, like if it was your last day on earth, the way you will do life probably is going to be a little, at least a little bit different compared to how you do it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. The notion that you can just live life without any type of limit into it, you know, and, and not, you know, any, any type of self-discipline because... That's how a lot of us live today. It's like, you know, I can just do whatever I want. And, you know, I don't, I don't have to answer to anybody. Maybe, maybe that's true. But at the end of the day, like, you know, how are you really using your time? And so what, what this ideology made for me is to realize the importance of, like, you know, self-mastery and, and like, self-discipline and understanding that, like, you know, there are limits to my humanity. And like understanding that it has been something that this ideology has helped me to really become aware of that, which is what you were saying. So that being said, you know, um, do you think it is hard to kind of like get into this, uh, I, you know, idea of, you know, like death and realization that maybe like, you know, yeah. I don't have much time. Yeah, I think I think some people might find it difficult. Um, because they're approaching it from uh, that kind of conditioned standpoint where like, oh, that's too callous. Like, I think a lot of things people try not to think about because it's too difficult of a thought. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the thing about stoicism is it doesn't matter how difficult a thought is. If it's reality, Mm -hmm. if it's truth, it needs to be accounted for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stoics don't um, shirk at the... uh, it's something just because it's a difficult thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it's, a you know, it's very, it, and again, here's another concept from a martial philosophy perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the training for death mm-hmm. <laughs> is paramount in the martial kind of context. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, a samurai parable, um, that whether it's true or, or just apocryphal, I'm not sure, but there's a samurai story that he would sleep every night with his sword unsheathed and hanging above his head <laughs> so that he, <laughs> he would sleep with, you know, the point of his sword facing his, uh, his head or his wow. and his, the practice was to constantly remind him that death is, uh, something yeah. that could happen yeah. and, you know, to prepare for, uh life has an element of chaos to it um a lot of people kind of hide from that they think that uh, they're protected from the from death but we're not one thing that's certain is at some point we will all die yeah that's not uh fake news there no, no, no. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna happen and uh and it's sort of embracing this very hard to look at reality of life and understanding that there's chaos you know uh, Tanya and I have had um, a rabbit, a, a mom rabbit living in our yard 
and she's had a couple babies and we just kind of we think something might have happened to the babies because we haven't seen them around and she seems to be kind of sort of hopping about lost and you know it's an unfortunate reality but the truth is that's that's nature that's uh and actually this is another good thing to touch on the stoics uh looked at all this stuff like hey this is a cycle of life it's not good or bad it's not you know they didn't we have to understand I don't really want to talk a whole lot about religion, but it's almost impossible not mm -hmm. to because mm -hmm. philosophy, um, as we're talking about right now, was really in those days more important than religion. It really was the, you know, it was what's based on truth, not fantasy. What's, mm -hmm. what's based on our observation, mm -hmm. not superstition. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, the best way they would look at those sort of things. It wasn't like, you know, Oh, the bunny spirit came and took away the bunny. Yeah. It was no, what, what do we have within our known resources? Mm. And what the best we have is to say, this is just the cycle of life. Like mm. there's nothing you can, you know, it's when a tiger hunts, he's not hunting out of emotion. He's not hunting. Yeah. He's not, I'm pissed at this, yeah. you know, this deer, yeah. I'm angry at him. <laughs> yeah. No, they're just carrying out what is the natural cycle of the order of, uh, of life. Mm -hmm. And, and the Stoics, and this is another area where Stoicism and Taoism are like, they're just dovetailing together because, because mm -hmm. Taoism again is all about nature. It's about looking at the world around you, taking that information and saying, what makes the most sense here? that you know winter is always going to come back just mm -hmm. like it always has mm -hmm. or that there's some kind of a uh, snow god who makes the winter happen mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and they look at that and they say this is just life like this, this is, cycle, is yeah. yeah like this is the nature of reality and when and here's here's the real gem of this perspective this is where this becomes very useful to each person's life and that is when you approach life, understanding that it's a cycle and that everything is just, it is what it is. This is the experience we're in. We're going to experience spring, summer, autumn, and winter, and back again all the time. Mm -hmm. When you accept life on those terms, you don't blame the world. You don't blame unseen things. You don't blame other people. You just kind of accept that the misfortune happens mm -hmm. and this is a huge element of stoicism a lot of their quotes are hey uh you might have lost your leg you might have lost all your possessions the longer you sit there and bitch and complain about it the more worse you make it, mm -hmm. it actually one of the biggest uh, philosophers in stoicism was epictetus who I was a, he was a slave he was a slave i believe for over 30 years wow his leg was broken by his slave owner. Mm. And when he was eventually released for, uh, from slavery, uh, he became a very prominent philosopher. And he just was like, you know, I'm not bitter mm. about my life. I'm not on, uh, you know, I'm not. Yeah. He says, this just happened to be the way my life went. And, yeah. and he's like, I actually gained a lot of wisdom. So interesting. As a person. He's like, I became a wise person from my experiences. And now I want to share what has made me a happier being. 
what helps me to be happy. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, isn't that kind of what mm-hmm. we all hope some hope that we get mm-hmm. out of you know if we if one of the listeners says let me look into this stoicism maybe it'll bring me a happier life mm-hmm. that's really the motive that everybody's after and mm-hmm. and that's a good thing and and the way it makes you happier is it really it puts you in charge and puts you in ownership mm-hmm. of your own mind mm-hmm. your own thoughts mm-hmm. and you realize that um life is really what you make it and it is your choice yeah yeah I that's that's all I really one of the uh, reasons of why many times like whenever I'm struggling or going through something I always like to read philosophy because it helps with the understanding of how perception is so powerful and if we have the ability to channel that perception in a way where we're not denying reality because sadly but but truly when we are going through really tough like you know situations in life we find ways to uh, cope with them and so we sometimes make these really crazy ideas or arguments or fantasies of why you know trying to find an explanation when instead of doing what we're supposed to do in that moment, which is all right, like this is what's happening, but then what is my response to this situation? Mm-hmm. What can I do? What is under my responsibility and what goes out of my realm of like actual responsibility? Like there's an aspect, you know, like we, for example, look at national politics. We do have a small, you know, pull on, on how things can change, but as a whole, as a large, it's not like I can say, let's get rid of this president. Boom. Happened. No. Like, it doesn't matter how much I complain, um, cry, get angry, whatever. It's not just simply going to change because of that. Yeah. But then in my realm of responsibility, then how can I really, you know, affect a little bit of a change into the whole picture? So um, I think that, that one of one uh, of the lessons that I have appreciated from philosophy as a whole and then obviously specifically on, on stoic, stoicism um, is that it teaches you how to have a correct logical perception of reality and use it to the best of your advantage. Like one of my favorite phrases that I just read recently that Marcus Aurelius said is that, you know, a lot of people try to get away from everything by going to the beach, to the mountains, you know, to different places, trying to leave or get away from the issue. But he said, then he says, you know, that's idiotic because you can actually get away by going within, you know, by, by going to the way you are looking at everything around you. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. Like he says, go within and, you know, and that's a really foreign thought to a lot of people. But and here again, there's another one that, bam, like that's Taoism, that's Buddhism as well. Like it's it's fascinating how what, what's cool about this is this is a methodology of thinking about life and our experience of life that had no influence on each other at all. Mm-hmm. But yet they came to the same conclusion, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
And, you know, to come back to what you're saying about change and trying to affect things, uh, like whether it be political, uh, it's important to note that stoicism is non-passivity. Mm. So sometimes people think, people mistake uh, this kind of stuff as passive. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, you can't do anything about it. So just accept the way it is and no. and be happy about it. That's totally not true. We have to remember Marcus Aurelius was a war general. <laughs> he was a Roman emperor. Yeah. Okay. So these guys were had a lot of responsibility. They had a lot of, we think about, you know, our emails and deadlines. Yeah. And trust me, this guy dealt with stuff. He also lost, uh, I think, four or five of his children yeah. early on. Um, and all of these guys lived in times and held positions that, that were very stressful. I mean, they weren't just like, oh, I'm a happy guy that's got it made and let no, me come no. up with some nice things to say. These people uh, learned how to apply this to life. So what I'm getting at is it's not passivity. So let's take, for example, uh, let's say something really bad happened. Your house burns down. Mm. Okay. So your house burns down. You really have the option of how you're going to react to that. You can take the condition response that is, oh, my God, all my stuff's gone. What am I going to do? Now, now, granted, to the, some degree, there's going to be an instinctual, emotional response that everybody's going to have. You know, yep. I don't care who you are. Yep. <laughs> You're yep. going to be like, oh, shit, what is yep. going on? Yep. You're going to have some stress. It's That's physiological reality. Your body is going to produce stress, and you're going to have trouble dealing with something that impactful. However, there comes a point where you decide how long you want to hold that stress. Mm. If you want to continue being, woe is me, everything burnt down, then, you know, and then you see people in life like that, you know, five, mm -hmm. 10 years after some kind of event in their life, they still carry that burden. Yeah. So stoicism is about, Hey, let's really take ownership of our thoughts and just accept this happened. Here it is. We're dealing with it. So, then it's not passivity. It's not, well, then go live in a shelter. It's no, you slowly work your way towards getting another house. Mm -hmm. So you take action. So as far as like political, the thing is political change that we look throughout history is from people who take efforts towards making that change. Mm -hmm. The difference is not, not allowing yourself to be too emotionally um, affected by it. Oh, yeah. Because if you really start it, it, infusing your emotion into it and you start getting angry and before you know it, you kind of become this sort of salty. You're somebody who's trying to make change, but you can you can allow yourself to kind of start getting a bad vibe and you, you may not even realize it. Like other people are kind of like, oh, you know, and, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on, mm -hmm. you know, it, so. And also the other way, you know, you could get emotional to the point where all you do is feel sorry about the situation. Mm -hmm. um, stoicism is about removing that emotional component. In fact, in many ways, the emotional component is sort of the barrier to logic. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if too much emotion, and this is, again, is where kind of Taoism and Buddhism come into play with meditation. And the Stoics also practice meditation and it was a process of realizing when you're meditating, those thoughts you start getting in your head are not you. Mm -hmm. 
It's being able to say this emotion that I'm feeling right now is not me. Like it's not like who I am. Yeah. It's just an experience that I'm having and mm-hmm. I can choose whether to give it power mm-hmm. or to not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, there, there's a story of a girl. Uh, there's even a movie about it, I think, uh, that's called From from Homeless to like Harbor or something like that. Um, she So she was a homeless girl. Like her parents couldn't take care of her. She had to like, you know, apply to this school and like study like crazy to be able to be accepted. Um, you know, she was literally sleeping in like benches in the street. And she said... You know, people will ask her, like, you know, you, do you ever feel sorry for yourself? Like, do you ever take a moment where you're like, dang it, like, why me? She's like, to be honest, um, the reality is that I never, like, seek to feel that way or, or let it let myself feel that way because it wasn't a useful feeling. It wasn't useful in the context of, like, this feeling sorry for myself feeling, it's not going to get me out of this situation. If anything, I'm just going to go deeper into it. So what she did is she said, all right, well, I have to go to work. Like, I have to actually just stop the whining, complaining, which we all do to a certain degree. And I'm pretty sure at some point she, she did. But but she didn't let that, which is what you said, be the permanent, you know, feeling that she constantly had over time. Right. She was able to kind of like, still feel those feelings, but, you know, move on and work and then get to a point that she got out of that, you know, state um, of, of life. And, yeah. and now we've been somebody who, who went all the way to Harvard. But the point of all of this is to say that when we look at these ideas, um, you know, sometimes like, a lot of people even feel like, I don't think I'm going to understand it. Or I don't feel like it's going to make sense to me. And there are complex. Like a lot of, I mean, I, I, started, I, I had a couple of classes in philosophy when I was at Hack. Um, and, and I remember like, yeah, some of these ideas are just complex. But, but we have to be able to be open to really say, you know what? <laughs> I, I really don't understand it, but I want to get to the point that I can. Yeah. Which is one of the things that sometimes people get turned off by philosophy is because it's like, what does that even mean? You know, when, when we read some of the of the content. And and like I read um meditations by Marcus Aurelius, and there were points that I'm like, I don't I I do not really get it. But then if you go, and yeah, I could come in back and then I find like, you know what? And there were some other stuff that it's like, yeah, this makes sense. I get it. Um, it's just being open to not really just getting everything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And not being close to to finding moments where you're like, yeah, this is an idea that I, you know, just haven't had the time to really process. Because I feel we're not taught to um, process, you know, information. We just accumulate it. And then, all right, it's in my brain. Yeah, but I totally we don't, agree. <laughs> yeah, we don't really process it, you know? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of the division and the conflict that's going on in society, um, actually, philosophy could solve a lot of that. Like, you know, we basically take kids and we run them through this school system, this, uh, you know, the way it's laid out now, but they're not really taught, like, basic logic. I feel like there should be even in elementary school, it should yeah. be like, 
let's learn some logic so that our politicians can't like persuade you and yeah. and start poisoning your minds later on. Yeah. And so that you just don't adopt your parents' way of thinking. Um, because that's what happens. You get conditioned into all this stuff. Where mm -hmm. philosophy, I mean, it should be in every single grade. Literally, you should yeah. you should be trained in how to think properly. Mm -hmm. And and I don't care who you are, there is absolute truth. You know, if you there's a fire and you put your hand in that fire, your hand will burn. You know, that's a truth. You can't, you can't talk away or explain that differently. <laughs> there are certain things in life that are just going to be true. And, and we kind of, I feel like people anymore are like, Oh, I'll accept what truth it makes, whatever one I want to believe. Oh, it won't, it won't actually burn my hand. <laughs> you well, can believe that, but I'm not going to. Like, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. And now, like, we've gotten so far, and, you know, like I said, there's a separation between philosophy and religion. It's it's not about making people have to believe a certain way. It's about it just simply allowing it to reveal itself. Like, if people were more trained in ways to, to understand um, just simple kind of values as well you know the fact that the logic is if you're nice to someone that is a feeling that you like to have therefore share it mm. like you can you can actually philosophically determine ethic logics like that's really what a lot of philosophy is about it's like yeah. what is morality like what mm -hmm. is what is good ethics and it comes down to you know it's a, a very it's a pr process that you come to find that when you have a society that has people that can all yeah. help each other, mm -hmm. you have a better society. Mm -hmm. When you have a society where everybody's biting at each other's necks before mm -hmm. for stupid mm -hmm. reasons that their politicians or the generation or generation or generation before created mm -hmm. as a topic that's so important that mm -hmm. really isn't important mm -hmm. if it's actually causing people to be at each other's necks. You know, these things, we've we've lost the simple logic of what is good mm -hmm. and what is creates consequences that we, we actually have in our power to not deal with. But because we've really, it's that, again, it comes back to that guardian of our thoughts. As soon as you let that guardian down, mm -hmm. um, that's when all that stuff happens. That's when you start having a a life that's kind of dealt with you're dealing with all kind of stuff that you really don't have to deal with. But over time, yeah. you, you see that too. You see people that deal with all yeah. kind of drama. Yeah. Like they have buckets and baskets and bundles of drama. Yeah. And when you look at it, it's like you actually cr filled those baskets yourself. Yeah. You've created all that. Yeah. And they don't see it. They don't realize. Yeah. And, and again, it's that thought guardian. Mm-hmm. It's it's all, over time, little by little, you start filling your baskets with drama that you really didn't have to accept. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, you're carrying this huge burden mm -hmm. of stuff. That uh, no, yeah, that that's a great explanation, and and like I am just kind of like listening, but at the same time, it's like yeah, I completely agree with every single point that you made because and it's sad. You know, and I'm gonna tell you my experience growing up. You know, I did, I grew up in a in, in a somewhat religious house household. 
Uh, you know, my parents were not like crazy, you know, like all the way to the point that it's like they will make stuff up, you know, about, um, you know, life situations and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, gr I grew up understanding the mindset of what it means to be in a place where like sometimes it's simply like this is the reality. Like there's not me like finding a, a you know, some crazy explanation of why something is not happening the way it's supposed to. Or what, you know, like, maybe, maybe we just have to, you know, like, there's a lot of superstition, especially in my culture, growing up in Dominican Republic. Uh -huh. um, and I always found that, like, we are like, why is it that we behave in these specific ways, trying to find explanations for things that, like, we know the answers to them. Right. <laughs> like, we know, like, it's not even that, that. It's not even that, like, we, we don't know the answers. We have the answers. We have models of different places that have implemented these systems to make things work properly. Right. And yet we decide to go the other route. Right. Because the know, superstition is stronger. <laughs> because, because yeah. And, and, and right now, one of the things, for example, that I've seen is that the, there's an assumption for example, I'm just going to put it out there, that if you are Republican slash conservative, you're automatically a Christian, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, wait, no, that's not how it works. In fact, you can't even, hey, I'll take that a step farther, Yeah. okay? And all somebody has to do is hold a Bible in their hand and a rifle in the other, and they got 50% of this country's votes. Yeah. They don't even have to believe in either of them. They just simply have to give off the representation. Yeah. And half the people in this country are going to be like, yep, I, that's my guy. Yeah. And it's <laughs> sad. It's sad. And it's, it's all based. And it's uh, they don't even have to believe in that stuff. Like, yeah. And the people just, they're, they're not using logic. They're just, no. they're just like, hey, that symbolically fits my bias. Yep. That's a representation of what my grandpappy's grandpappy told me is a good way to go. Uh, Therefore, that's my vote. And, yeah. and then they're just, they're in 100% the whole way, no matter yeah. what. <laughs> the, the, you could be, you could be a literal gangster. That same person <laughs> could burn the Bible yeah. and, and shoot it with a thousand yeah. rounds and they'll be like, oh, he didn't really mean that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, like how is it that we have gone come to this point where we're not able to simply logically look at all of these issues, you know, and really question the, the, the things that like the beliefs that we have been brought up with. You know, like I all the time constantly question, you know, like things that I believe in because I know that, that at some point to some degree there's a specific bias that I have that is not simply because I have taken the time to really study that specific topic and come to an independent conclusion, not because my parents taught me, not because I was taught at school or even college, but simply because I took the time to say, all right, let me look at the data. Let me, let me get, see all the points. Right. All right. Okay. The, you know, getting, putting this together. Boom, I have an independent thought. Like, yep. I, if you Absolutely. ask people why they believe what they believe, they are not going to, they can tell you what they believe. But I, if I, and I know because I've done this, 
why is it that you believe that? Uh, yep. They don't find an explanation. Or they give a real shallow one. And the, Or they give a really shallow one. Or they'll one. talk in circles. <laughs> yeah. They'll try to like de like derail it. And there's yeah. something that's totally not really. Because yeah. <laughs> they're avoiding it. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, you know, why, you know, one of the things you have to ask yourself, not like, you just, you know, uh, in a, in a religious way, but in all aspects of life, is why is it that you believe what you believe? Right. You know, what, what if, if somebody asks you, you know, you know, why are you supporting this cost or that cost? Well, the reason why is because I have study it i have seen it i have experienced it and then okay you know that makes sense yeah but if you just believe it because that's it i mean good luck yeah yeah and i guess um early on i kind of promised or at least told the listeners i'd share yes. you know my experience so mm -hmm. i mean i found stoicism and taoism and parts of buddhism and just philosophy in general, very useful in my life. Uh, I have to say, I am naturally, I, I think that I, I'm more prone to anxiety. And mm -hmm. I, in my early years, I had a lot of issues with depression. And, you know, I, I had to find this stuff because I needed it. Mm. So this is a lot, in many ways, experimentation of me trying to find things that, um, and I've done the whole religious route, um, and again, I would do want to state that I'm not trying to be anti-religious on this. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not saying religion is. You know, hey, you know what? If someone's really experimenting with religion, that's part of science too. That's part of logic. Mm -hmm. Like, if the majority of the world around you believes in a certain religion, you really actually probably should be looking into it mm -hmm. because that's part of the logic process. And I did that. You know when. When everybody around you is believing a certain thing, you can't help but like want to know what that thing is that yeah. everybody seems to believe in. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I did my whole uh, experimentation and investigation and uh, with all of that. And I, I just I personally don't find it useful in my own life. But mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be like anti-religious. I'm just saying, let's face it, there are certain truths about, you know, what we were saying about the political Mm -hmm. And, you know, people might be, oh, here they go get political. I'm sorry. Politics is part of life. Yeah. And if I'm going to be me and I'm going to apply my own logical understanding to what I see, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to share with you what I think is truth. Yeah. Uh, you may not agree with it, but let you can't, you know, some people are like, oh, you got to avoid politics. No. It's yeah. part of what we're dealing with. And if you act like it's something that has to be ignored all the time, and I'm just going to... We're just sharing the way we yeah. look at it. But yeah. to get back to what I was saying in my own experience, I've found I am so much, even Tanya, uh, uh, my partner, she, she said that, you know, from the time we met, cause not that long ago, actually as a result of this podcast, I asked her, you know, how do you think of me as applying some of these principles? And she said, you are way more relaxed, way more mm. in control. Like, I don't freak out so much, especially about money. I used to have a bad money issue. Like, I'd go into panic. Mm. Like, you know, if it's like, oh, no, we're not going to have the money for this. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to, the money's not coming in here. Or, oh, we lost this account or yeah. this or that. I used to really get freaked out. And mm. it would really, like, I would literally just create this buzz in my body. And, mm. and, uh, and since applying a lot of this stuff, so I, you know, 
I still have the same issues. It's not like we hit the lottery or something. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but now it's like, you know what? Okay. We'll try a different tactic to yeah. make money, but we'll do it calmly, yeah. you know, cause, and we'll do it. It's like, you know, here's another really good thing. A misfortune sometimes is a disguise for fortune. Yeah. So when you're dealing with things that are, are difficult, instead yeah. of allowing your emotional attachment to say, oh, no, the life's falling around, around mm -hmm. me, look mm -hmm. at it and say, here's an opportunity for me to learn. Mm -hmm. Here's a chance where I can discover mm -hmm. something new. Mm -hmm. So there again, it's it, I keep using that term thought guardian, but really stoicism, Taoism and Buddhism. If they, if I really in my own in my own understanding, I would say yeah. it's all about being a guardian mm -hmm. of your own thoughts mm -hmm. all the freaking time. So when you're dealing with something, mm -hmm. you have that guardian. If you need to visualize it as a warrior, mm -hmm. as a a princess, fairy, or <laughs> an animal guardian, whatever you need to do, if you can engage and create that practice mm. and then slowly make it a daily mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. to everything you do so that mm -hmm. whenever you encounter anything, mm -hmm. you have that guardian mm -hmm. that stands there and says, how will I deal with this thought? Because everything is first a thought. Yeah. How will I deal with the thoughts I'm having about this particular thing? And how can I shape that thought, take ownership of it, yeah. control it to make it useful for me? Yeah. And then the better objective is how do you make it useful for the world around you? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so true. And, and one of the things I also want to, you know, make the, the differentiation with is, you know, um, when, when we talk about religion, and specifically myself, when I talk about religion and talk about rules, ideas of, you know, how things should be done versus spirituality. Spirituality is an actual practical thing that you do. It's an action. So some people meditate, some people pray, um, you know, some people even exercise and to, to express their spirituality, even dancing, singing. I mean, there's different ways that you, so, so for me, you know, a way even to help uh, myself um, formulate logical ideas I use these practices, you know, spiritual practices, because they're uh, they're active, they're action. It's not just a thought. No, it's not just a rule. It's something that I do um, to help myself to to you know make logical statements or you know. And, and this doesn't mean that we are perfect because we you know follow philosophical ideas. Uh -huh. It's actually understanding the opposite. I think. One of the things I found out about philosophy is that it actually makes you humble to your imperfection. You know, understanding that we are, you know, human beings that under we understand our humanity, we understand that our our limitations, and and because of that, you know, it, it's it's like the video I made the other day about um, the Roman emperors that they will go back from a war like a victory, they will have somebody repeating to their ear you know, remember that you're only immortal, you know, and, and that, that constant reminder is to stay humble. Yeah. So philosophy is, at least for me, the understanding that 
never think or get to the point that I am over anybody else, that I know more than everybody else. If you look, for example, at uh, our current president and the way he speaks about himself, uh, and I'm using him because he this is something that like it's not even that you can deny. It's clear. He's the greatest, the best, <laughs> the, 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 the one that has done stuff that nobody has ever done before. Right. <laughs> he knows more Every than Every single experts. president can say that. He knows more than the experts. So, like, when you have someone who feels that sense of superiority, it shows you that there's a lack in, on character. Right. And, you know, and that, that's only the point that I want to make is that philosophy is the opposite of that. It's the understanding and the, re, and the realization that I am a human being. I am not better than everybody else. I am not superior than everybody else. I am, I ha we're equals, right? So that being said, you know, the, the last question I want to ask you, if somebody was to come to you and say, all right, so we have this information. How can we apply that in our lives? How would you, what would you tell, tell them? Um, I would tell them to just do it a little bit at a time. Mm, you know, that's good. one of the things, you know, I, like I said, I teach fitness, martial arts and painting and da, 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 da. One of the things I always tell people, especially starting out with everything, mm -hmm. everything takes time. Mm -hmm. There is no miracle instantaneous uh, drug for anything. <laughs> It just doesn't. It's unfortunate, you know. If you want to make muscles, you got to give it time. Yeah. If you want to anything, you want to build and develop. It's it's cultivated and grown over time, just like a plant, just like mm -hmm. a flower, a mm -hmm. tree. Uh, so I would say to them, start by uh, you know a couple of the good the the good writers are Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus. And get some of their books, like literally, probably get them for like six dollars. That's cheap. Online, you get the yeah. Penguin paperback, uh, uh, and then you know, or just for free. Everybody's got Google at their mm -hmm. fingertips. Uh, you just Google stuff. There's emails, like uh, you can sign up for the Daily Stoic email. There's tons of podcasts. There's a lot of ways out there, but I would say, as you're slowly learning and training in stoicism and learning more about this way of thinking that thought sentinel is the best way to apply it. Just, you know, just be easy on yourself too. Sometimes when you're stressing out, just breathe, relax, chill, yeah. realize it's probably not that big of a deal as you think it is. Unless maybe your house is burning down. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, this you know, you're going to have a little bit of stress for a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, there comes a point in time that, you know, you kind of go and you review everything and say, you know, I need to let that go. And I need to move forward. That's another thing. Stoicism is very much about growing, mm. developing, moving forward, being your ultimate self. Mm. Like you, uh, Like you mentioned, character development is a huge part of it. You know, just... Think of yourself like a piece of art that you are, you're responsible for creating yourself and the carving mm -hmm. or the painting that you become is really, uh, at your own hand. Mm. So why not do it, uh, skillfully, but enjoy the process. It's awesome. Well, thank you Brandon, for, you know, this awesome episode. Um, I think that, um, I mean, it's already been 40 
plus minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, I hope like, people uh, yeah. get some from it. And they're more than welcome to reach out to me. Like, I'm not a philosopher, but <laughs> I do teach meditation. I do teach Qigong. I do teach other things that um, I, I always impart that stuff to yeah. people I work with just because, you know, in fitness, stress is a huge part of health. Yep. You can work out all you want. You can have a great diet, but if you're a stressed out person, you're going to be sabotaging yourself. Mm, that's so. good. That's good. Uh, so people can uh, find you on Facebook as Bandon Tricamo. Yep, Bandon Tricamo, just on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, you guys do that if you want to. Uh, honestly, I've done it myself. I've worked out with Bandon a um, couple of times already, and it's really good. I recommend it. So if anybody's interested, um, you know, make sure to reach out. Um, and it, it's super simple. So that being said, guys, Thank you and see you until next time. Thank Peace. you.